Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to Saving Lives in Slow Motion. Today I'd like to talk about antibiotics. Now it's a really trenchant topic at the moment for many reasons. One is that we are living through an era where antibiotic resistance is a really hot issue. Some experts believe that actually no antibiotics are going to work after a number of years, maybe 10, maybe 50, maybe 100, and will all be wiped out. Pretty grim thought. On the other hand, if you live in the UK, you will know about this wave of Streptococcus A infections, which is a common bacterium, but unfortunately has claimed the lives of nine children. And that is just horrific. There is nothing, and I mean nothing, more distressing than the death of a child. So we are in a really difficult position in that no one wants more deaths. Obviously, I think we're all agreed on that. But equally, prescribing antibiotics has to be done responsibly. Otherwise, we're just increasing resistance. And I I remember... You know, many years ago, um, when I was working elsewhere, there was a doctor on our patch who took pride in the fact that none of his patients had had meningitis ever, bacterial meningitis, that is. And the reason he mentioned this is that he was being called out as being the highest prescriber of antibiotics in that region at the time. And he was sort of heckled a little bit by other GPs going, well, I've never had anyone with meningitis either, and I'm actually one of the lowest prescribing percentages, you know, in terms of antibiotics. And, you know, apart from resistance, if we just think about the harms of antibiotics for a minute, beyond, you know, short-term side effects like nausea and diarrhoea, they can't tell the difference between good and bad bacteria. And by that, I mean that they, they essentially wipe out your healthy gut bugs and good bacteria in the small intestine you know is essentially food for your immune system it nourishes our immune system which gives us appropriate immune responses so if you've got someone who's had lots of courses of antibiotics and they may be totally appropriate I'm not saying that there's anything you know wrong with that if if they're needed 
that person is more likely to develop symptoms down the line such as bloating or IBS type symptoms, a lack of energy and sometimes effects on mood. So a common example of this is the antibiotic limocycline which is commonly prescribed for teenagers with acne because acne is very distressing particularly at that age. But one of the things we have to counsel them about are those side effects. Um, So there's a huge responsibility every time you're prescribing them. Of course there are groups of patients that have rescue packs you know if you've got chronic obstructive pulmonary disease and your lungs are not functioning very well in winter months sometimes you're going to need antibiotics to to get you through infections but by and large as a profession as doctors we really need to think before we prescribe which is why this strep a outbreak is so worrying because that particular bacterium is really treatable by penicillin and actually a whole host of other antibiotics you know like clarithromycin erythromycin but that is just at the moment because thankfully not enough resistance has built up for that bacterium not to respond to it and that of course is what is meant by resistance for those of you that are wondering what that word means it means that bacteria stop responding to antibiotic treatment and actually over the years more and more what I've found is When we send cultures to the laboratory, for instance, a sputum culture or a urine culture, more often now than in years gone by, we get a result that says it's grown a strain of a a bacterium that is not sensitive to any antibiotics. And often there's a conversation with a clever microbiologist at the hospital who will suggest something that, that may or may not work. I think what we've got to remember is that antibiotics really are amazing and when you think of advances in medicine in the last I don't know say 100 200 years antibiotics are right up there they really are because what we've forgotten in living memory um, most of us anyway unless you're very elderly is that most people used to die of bacterial infections with you know because we didn't have a way of treating them it was sort of you know either your body managed to overcome it or you died um, prior to the advent of antibiotics. And one of the the common examples of this is what used to be known as consumption or tuberculosis. So super quick 101 on antibiotics. Um, They essentially kill bacteria or slow down the replication of bacteria. That's how they work. Normally take about 48 hours to kick in. And how they originated is fascinating. So penicillin was discovered really by accident by an overgrowth of mould, you know, on a Petri dish. And other antibiotics were discovered in the earth, you know, in the soil, like streptomycin that was used to treat tuberculosis. And, you know, I I can't emphasise that antibiotics do save lives. Sepsis, for example, a massive issue where the body is overwhelmed by bacterial infection, the only hope for that is rapid treatment with intravenous antibiotics. I'm going to digress, as I always do here at this point. So the last time I had a course of antibiotics was, let me just think, it would have been Christmas 2018, I think. And I had something called a Quincy. It's really painful. I hadn't had a course for 25 years, probably, approximately, prior to that. And I had a course of something called clarithromycin. You take it twice a day for seven days. 
and and that's the other thing with antibiotic courses um if you sort of don't take the whole course um you can actually get an overgrowth in bacteria so it's important not to just start them for a day or two and stop anyway what i noticed was not only did it clear up the quinsy fairly quickly but a lot of other things felt better for a while I, I, I'm not a proponent of just taking antibiotics, by the way, for no reason, and I don't think they generally do us good in the long term. But what I did wonder was whether people over a period of time build up a sort of toxic load, and then suddenly it gets to a tipping point where it manifests as a bacterial infection. So many of you will be familiar with that story of just being stressed or not sleeping properly or working too hard and um, maybe I don't know doing the, the wrong things in terms of drinking a bit too much alcohol or eating the wrong foods that don't really agree with you and then suddenly you become ill and I, and I notice this sometimes when elderly patients of mine present at hospital with with something like I don't know a skin infection on their legs um, that hasn't responded to treatment in the community. And then while they're in hospital, they have a chest X-ray. And totally by coincidence, the chest X-ray reports that they've got pneumonias in both lungs, even though they didn't have any symptoms of a cough or a chest infection. And it's sort of built up slowly over time. And and while I'm on that, I mean, that that's totally understandable in someone who, you know, is, say, 85 years old and has perhaps you know some lung disease and is very frail and you know maybe someone like myself who for 25 years had been just building up stuff um you know in my nasal passages and my throat and gums and whatever but while we're on that that brings me to what can we do if anything to prevent things like strep a in the first place well i think when it comes to treatment hey, no one's really got the right answer. Public health authorities and, you know, doctors who have a deep understanding of microbiology that advise public health will have to come up with some sort of plan as to whether preventive antibiotics are given for, for strep A or not. And you can have a look at, you know, the latest guidance in the show notes, obviously. But just just sticking with this idea of how can we sort of stop this? What's what's the best way? Well, sometimes you can't. You know, with things like sepsis, it just happens. But apart from the basics, you know, like eating whole foods and making sure that you're getting enough exercise because those things boost our immunity. So they're very important. I'm not just glossing over them. I just don't want to sort of tell you stuff that you already know. So there are certain foods that are naturally slightly antibacterial. So, for example, honey raw garlic, cranberry extract, and that one particularly for urine infections, and oregano and thyme when it comes to herbs. So I've got to absolutely stress here that these are not a substitute for treatment. They're all things that feature in our house quite a lot. You know, we we tend to randomly consume a lot of those things. You know, we're real garlic lovers and, and honey as well. Time and oregano, a bit less so, but they're definitely characters that appear quite often in our kitchen. The other one is vitamin D. Um, no cause and effect, but certainly when you look at patients with sepsis, um, there is a correlation with their vitamin D levels. So very low vitamin D levels appear to be associated with sepsis. And beyond that, just 
hygiene rules, really, hand-washing, such a simple thing, but also so effective. You could argue that it destroys the flora on your skin, which there's no doubt it does. But in terms of stopping the spread of infections, it's a great simple practice. The other one that springs to mind, sorry, going back a bit about sort of natural remedies that may help a bit. Years ago, I did a program on Channel 4 called Health Freaks with um, my friend Ellie Cannon and Pixie McKenna. And there was a chap that came on, I don't know whether he made the final cut actually, but he um, swore by this thing called golden milk, which is turmeric mixed with milk for sore throats, you know, tonsillitis, that sort of thing. It's interesting because I, I tend to, myself in my practice, recommend that people don't drink milk, that's cow's milk particularly, especially if you have a tendency to become mucousy on it and you've you've had previous cow's milk allergy that's, that you've grown out of because it tends to, you know, one of our old health coaches used to use this wonderful non-medical word. Um, she used to say that milk can make you claggy um and um I, I guess that means you know more mucus laden it is a mucus producing food particularly if you're low on immunoglobulin a or iga which is the part of our immune systems and secretions um but it, it so many people swear by it and actually turmeric itself um if you wanted to sort of use it just for symptom control really you know instead of whatever you get over the counter which tends to have you know a bit of paracetamol and some lemon flavoring um or a decongestant um turmeric is an interesting one because it doesn't really work unless it's activated and to activate it you need some fat and you need piperine which is something that you find in black pepper so for example you if you were going to use it i would firstly again don't see it as a substitute for any kind of treatment decision made by a clinical person but it's you know it, it appears to help you know in the same way that drinking honey and lemon which is what's recommended for coughs and sore throats around the world seems to um, but if you're going to use it then you need to add some sort of fat to it like extra virgin olive oil and a, a little bit of pepper and maybe some warm water or something i think you know there's definitely something about propensity to infections you know if you're um, in already inflamed or in a state of poor health, um, then you're much more likely to become ill. So the, the times, I'm, I've been very lucky, I have to say touch wood, but the times I've become acutely ill, which are rare, so I've actually in the last three weeks I had a little bit of a sore throat and a mild cough, but it went fairly quickly. But the, but the week before that I'd been doing a lot of things that I don't normally do that, that made me more likely to get ill so my, my sleep had been disrupted I was eating and drinking a lot of foods that I don't normally have um, because I was away from home and you know I'd just sort of let things slide for a few days eating lots of goodies I guess and so it, it's no wonder I got ill um, and, and it's having that s sort of foresight I remember thinking while I was there thinking I'm going to get ill aren't I and so making adjustments so that you can compensate for that which we've already talked about you know things like prioritizing your sleep making sure that you're getting a load of nutrient rich food into you and that you're moving and exercising because ultimately what you want is a healthy immune system you want to do everything to kind of nourish your immune system in order to have a, a decent immune response when infection decides it's going to come your way
Okay, so listen, I'm going to post a load of show notes because I think that's always good further reading for this kind of thing. And I'm going to sign off. And actually, I'm signing off for this year because it's that time of year where things slow down. I'm going to take a couple of weeks off. Um, I myself have got something very exciting lined up for the new year, which is the release of my book, The Health Fix, to which you will find a link at the bottom of the show notes. I'm really, really excited about it. As with any book, there are a few typos in there, which is absolutely the norm. But you know what? I think it's great and I really hope it helps people. And if you're looking for something that is going to be able to improve your health very simply by laying out your own story, then this is the book for you. I know it's been a difficult year for many of you. Um, That is an understatement. And whatever you're doing over the festive period, just do whatever you need to. Some people will want a lot of activity. Some people will want to just do nothing and reflect and have a bit of peace. Whatever it is, I hope you get a lot of it. And so in the meantime, happy holidays to all of you. I will see you again in January 2023. Until then, do look after yourself. Do take care. Bye for now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.